Um, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, um, I'm a business owner. At, at least I'm trying to be. Uh, what do I sell? I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. And I bought this ad space before I figured it out. It's, you know, it's my way of manifesting a business idea into my life. Uh, I hope I'm not wasting your time. Oh my gosh, I'm wasting your time. I'm so, so sorry. Now entering Greener Pastures, the podcast that's presented in a 40 to 30 minute format to preserve the integrity of Zack Snyder's creative vision. Amy Curl here, playing solo for the episode. Today, I'm interviewing Julia Zen and John Hedrick, co-founders and editors of Lunar Times. John Hedrick is a stand-up comedian from Maryland who performed from 2018 to 2020. During this time, he opened for Karen Chi and worked with Capital Labs in Washington, D.C. Now you can find his satirical work in Flex Mag and the Daily Drunk Mag. His preferred drink is all three vaccines mixed together like a Long Island iced tea. If you know a bar that serves this, please let him know. Julia Zen is an improviser and writer from Maryland. She is the founder and EIC of the Lunar Times. She is a recipient of the UCB SNL Scholarship, and you can find more of her work in the Hard Times and Flex Mag. Welcome, Julia and John. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. So, Julia, I mean, I, I had already looked, I already knew this about you, but uh, congrats on the UCB SNL scholarship. That is amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's very exciting. It was very unexpected, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> well-deserved. How did it, well-deserved indeed, but like, how did it happen? You, I'm guessing you applied for it. Was it like a really long time before you heard back or what was the submission process like? Yeah. So uh, I just uh, saw like a posting. Um, I'm in a bunch of like Facebook groups where, you know, with imp- uh, local improvisers in DC um, and someone had posted the submission link in there and I looked at it and it was pretty straightforward. I think it was only like three short, uh, uh, short responses. And then also, um, like a sketch that's only three pages long and, and like an optional character video. And luckily I had all of those things on deck. So I thought, you know, this is pretty simple. Might as well just kind of go for it. Um, and I, I'm a big like improv person. Um, I've been doing improv for like over six years. So um, it was super easy for me to like ramble and say all these things about improv. Um, and then uh, they asked me back for an interview and they also asked John back for an interview as well. So uh, we were both pretty excited about that. Um, and then, yeah. And then I, I think I had a leg up from John cause he did his interview first and then we talked about it and I did that thing where it's like, Oh, like I have to ask the other section, like what was on the quiz so that I can know the, like, you know, prepare the answers. I think they only asked me like a few, like maybe one or two overlapping questions. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the interview went well. Um, and I guess it was good enough. Um, I think from the interview until when we actually found out and like got the emails, it was like two or three weeks. Um, it was about like a week or two delayed from when uh, UCB had said they were going to send out responses. But I think they had like, you know, uh, like it's, it's hard to do things over Zoom. So um, yeah, it, it was very unexpected and it definitely turned my whole day around. 
That's awesome. I mean, that's super exciting. So what, like, what's on deck for that? What does it mean, basically? Yeah, so uh, I get to take, um, I think it's like $2,000 worth of classes for free. Um, And I can either choose to do improv or sketch classes, although I am holding out hope that even though the New York UCB training center is closed, that maybe like towards the end of this year, they'll start offering um, in-person classes, um, whether that be at a new training center location or if they're doing it you know the like kind of grassroots improv school style where they literally rent out classrooms uh, at like schools that are like after hours um because I would love to be doing improv classes in person um I've never actually formally done curriculum all of my experience is performance so um, I would love to do that and then um and then there. Uh, I do. I am guaranteed a meeting with uh, SNL casting executives, which is pretty crazy. I have no idea what I'll ask them. I'll probably be like, "Can I join?" <laughs> and then, um, and then I also have an opportunity to submit a packet, um, an SNL packet, at some point. So that's just some of the goodies. Holy crap! Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Uh, well, one of my favorite pieces on the Lunar Times is actually, it's your pinned tweet right now. It's uh, Barstool Sports announces new initiative to hire more diverse douchebags. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's perfect as is. Um, but how, how do you like, how, how did that specific piece come to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of our writers, um, Ronick, submitted that to us, just pitched it to us, and we went to college with Ronick, and it, um, it was just a funny headline. We were like, can you write something up about it? And Ronick just took it away, I mean, it, like really just nailed the piece. And uh, it did really well on Instagram, on our social media, so we, we pinned it. That's like one of our favorite ones. I think, I think we do that whenever one of our... Um, Post gets a really large engagement. We'll just pin it. Um, kind of a historical moment. I, I think one of our pieces that we posted last night finally broke a hundred likes, which has just never happened on Instagram for any of our articles. So we're very stoked about that. I don't know if we'll pin it though. Oh yeah. Well, it was um, uh, over a hundred likes for like organic engagement. We've like paid for like promo stuff before and right. like you know gotten conflated likes from that. But that's mostly just to like kind of get the word out there. But it was very exciting. We were like all, all on our own volition we got yeah. <laughs> that was 109 <laughs> likes <laughs> that's awesome yeah every time we hit a new milestone of like we got this many views on medium or like this many people retweeted a piece or whatever it's it's super exciting and we get really hyped in the group chat about yeah, it yeah for sure uh and also making fun of barstool like always a good decision they're the worst yeah you yeah. have to make fun of them they're terrible yeah really truly awful <laughs> it's one of those things that's like it's probably evergreen and but like it'll probably like come up where they'll do something and you're like i can't believe i get to keep sharing this because they've they've done it again yeah that's exactly what i do we have a minari uh headline that was written right around when the golden globes thing came out where minari was listed as a foreign film even though it's literally taking place in america but it's just because they speak in korean most of the time um and the headline was something like golden globes apologizes um and it, uh, i'm gonna botch this i'm so sorry victor victor was the writer that came <laughs> up with the headline um but it was off the top of my head it was something like um like golden globes uh, apologizes offering uh, offers minari um uh best anime 
<laughs> and um, <laughs> it, like, and and that news like kept having kind of like bumps in in popularity because at first it was like really talked about. So then I would like go on Twitter and like reply to like random tweets that had a lot of engagement when people were talking about it. And then like a couple months later when the Golden Globes was like actually starting to happen, I went back on Twitter and was like doing the exact same thing. So um, it helps, you know what I mean? You kind of have to go out there and like put it in front of people. Um, uh, uh, Ryan, um, who is the editor over at Off Mag, uh, which is the LGBTQ satire and humor site, um, he was saying that like, like, something that makes like viral content is just content that gets put into the right hands. So we're keep shoving, we're going to keep shoving it into the, hopefully the right hands until something <laughs> we're happens. force feeding, force feeding yeah. the world. Sometimes. I, I definitely did that with one of my own pieces Earl. It was like one of the, it was maybe like we had had greeter pastors for like a month. And I wrote something that was about a Senate election in Massachusetts that had gotten some national news, but it's still like a Senate election in like one state. So it's kind of specific. And that whole day I was just tweeting it at like comedians from Massachusetts <laughs> to like get any sort of attention about it. <laughs> yeah. You just, yeah, that's hilarious. You totally have to, you know what I mean? They're going to love it if they see yeah. it. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, right. You just have to have faith that your content's good. And if it gets eyes on it, like, you know, yeah. people will like it. Um, so I want to learn more about you two specifically. How did you get into comedy? Like, what's your comedy origin story? Did you start with did you start with satire? Did you start somewhere else? Did you ever intend to do this? Yeah. Tell me about you. John, you want to go first? Um, sure. Yeah, I grew up in a household where Chappelle show was always on. And I don't think that's something to be proud of per se, uh, <laughs> but uh, stand-up comedy was always on in my house. And I always wanted to perform and I tried it in college. I tried to start like a stand-up comedy open mic club essentially because there was a, there's a bunch of sketch comedy groups at university of Maryland college park where Julie and I met and also went to school. Um, I don't know why we said, I said met first. <laughs> Like I went to college park to meet Julia. I had to, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, there was a lot of sketch comedy groups on campus and there was the improv group, which Julia was in, but there was no stand-up comedy group. Um, the sketch comedy groups kind of dabbled in it, but I, I really wanted to focus strictly on stand-up. So that's kind of my origin story. I ended up working with a good friend of mine, Jenny Mandel, and we produced this like crazy show. I don't know how, but we brought in like, 400 people and the max capacity was like 180 in this tiny room. So it was a fire hazard that we had 200 people in there and then we turned away 200 people. And, um, essentially that is where it started. And I just started performing more and going down to DC since that's just a short Metro ride away from college park. And I lived in DC for a year and then the pandemic hit and literally the weekend I went home to visit my parents is when it hit. So I, accidentally moved back in with my parents <laughs> when the pandemic hit. But at that time, before the pandemic hit, I was, I was um, submitting headlines like every week to hard times. I was just trying to get like a writing credit because it's just like, I'm just trying to navigate comedy. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone know what they're doing? If so, just like, let me know. Cause like, I, I, <laughs> cause for me at the time, it was just like, let me just try and get my foot in the door somewhere with you know, writing or just performing or anything. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, it was originally stand-up comedy and then the pandemic hit, did a couple outdoor shows during the pandemic, but uh, it's been really nice to just focus on satirical writing and just writing in general, um, since there's not a lot of performing at the moment. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm also a contributor at the Hard Times. I've not gotten a headline in there yet, but I keep trying. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Someday it will work. For out. sure. Yeah, it's tough. It's um. I thought it was going to be easy when I was trying it last year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. That's, I feel like that's with any craft that you get into, you're like, oh, I could totally do that. And then once you start trying, you're like, oh, there's like, this is like complex. <laughs> <laughs> At one point in our, our editor's group chat, we were just talking about McSweeney's and, you know, kind of conquering that mountain of satire and our different experiences. And somebody had said before, they, we all met in the satire class at Second City. And so before they had taken our classes, they had met other people who had gotten into McSweeney's like on their first try. And they were like, oh, I must just be like an idiot if I can't get it. And I've tried so many times. And it's like, no, that person just either is a, a genius, like a straight up genius, or they're just the worst, <laughs> or they're just like the most inflated person. They're like, well, I got in the first try. I don't know how you haven't gotten in. Right. And like at their acceptance rate is like 1%. It's so hard to get in there. Like it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I have applied, or I've contributed or submitted a few pieces to McSweeney's to no avail. Uh, but I have, do have a friend who like regularly gets published in McSweeney's and by regularly, I mean, she has like three now, I think. Um, <laughs> and I mean, she's been writing for such a long time. Maeve Dunnigan, she's also up in New York and, and does some stand up. Um, yeah. And I had sent her the last piece, um, that I had tried to get in there and I did a bunch of drafts with her and I was like, this is going to be it. This is the one. <laughs> Cause when the idea came to me, it was about like teeth unionizing. Like when the idea came to me, I was like, Oh my God, like this is so novel, but I, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I it's hard. I, it, it's such a specific voice, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. they're definitely looking for something, um, different. So well, that's hard. And that's what we asked Carlos about. Cause Carlos is in there all the time mm -hmm. i i think i called it an olympic level output at McSweeney's. <laughs> so when i when we when we record with him i was like how just how just like give us the secret sauce like how did you do it because i don't understand yeah yeah oh my god um um and he's just asking about it but julia tell us yeah about you and your comedy journey uh my origin story <laughs> so <laughs> i am a theater kid I used to be a theater kid. I guess I still am because like improvisers are totally the theater kids of like comedy. And I fully <laughs> accept that. I did a lot of theater. And uh, once I got to high school, my uh, theater director in high school, she is actually a professional improviser in like the Baltimore area um, and had started an improv team at the high school, which is like kind of seldom to come by. Um, and so I kind of enjoyed myself there. And then I went on to do like an all county improv team. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not terrible at this. And I don't have to memorize any lines like this is kind of epic. And then uh, I went to college and um, University of Maryland has had their imp I think the improv team was actually the first one to kind of hit the scene and in comedy on campus. We've been around for like, we just had our 36th anniversary, I believe. Um, so if anyone asks, Erasable Inc. was at UMD first, so all mm -hmm. the other clubs can suck it. 
Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, I had a lot of fun there. It was a really great time, really a lot of performance experience. We, we went, we would go up to Chicago and take workshops every year and do festivals. And it was really fun. Um, I learned a lot when I was there. And then, uh, after I graduated, I, I joined the Washington improv theater and then joined one of their Herald teams. And we would do like, we would have shows, I think once every few weeks. Um, and yeah. And so it really wasn't until, um, well, actually, that's not true. I did do some sketch writing in college. Uh, John and I met doing this sketch comedy uh, SNL type of show called Maryland Night Live. Um, and it was super well done. Um, kudos to our director, directors, Sammy Garcia and um, Walker Green. They, you know, ran the show pretty well um, and knew, knew for the most part to us what they were doing. So, um, (laughs) you know, uh, there was a lot of like great table reading and, you know, sketch collaboration in in that environment. Um, so then it really wasn't until the pandemic when the theater, uh, Washington Pro theater, um, obviously had to close. Um, so was when like John and I were really trying to like work on our writing chops, basically the only form of comedy that was going to be able to survive was like humor writing or like satire. Um, and then, uh, and I've always been a big fan of Reductress and The Onion. Um, so I was like, okay, like how hard could this be? Very mm, hard, obviously. So difficult. Like any <laughs> other comedy, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John literally one day randomly was just like, we should start a satire site for Asian Americans. And I was like, yes. And I'm like that kind of person that's like super type A. And like when I set my sights on something, I'm like, I have to do it. And if I fail, I'm going to be really upset, but I have to try and see what happens. Um, so we kind of, yeah, just like went out and and, and got it. And um, it just, we, we met a really great collection, uh, collection of writers on Twitter and uh, other where on the internet. So we have writers, we have a writer in Australia, we have writers all over the country, which is really cool. Um, and, um, so yeah, it really, it really wasn't until I started doing lunar time stuff where I seriously considered writing satire. And then it was during that time when I, um, submitted headlines to hard times. And now I have two articles published with head times, which, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple of things with flex mag as well, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I greener pastures started kind of in a similar way where someone, made like an offhanded comment in this big group chat we have about like man none of our writing is getting accepted anywhere and we were in satire like two or three at uh second city together we were like well we think we're funny and like our teacher brooke preston thinks we're funny and she's a great satirist so like why aren't we getting published and someone literally just said like maybe we should start our own site and we can publish our own stuff. And I am also the type A person who, like, I started another channel for it right away. I scheduled a meeting immediately. I came up with an agenda for the meeting. I was like, okay, if we're going to, here's the publishing date. Here's the format we're going to use. Like, let's go. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, like, two and a half weeks to that uh, bit joke, I'm so sorry to whoever made it. We released the site, and now it's it's there. Yeah. It exists. That's awesome, honestly. That's that's how you have to do it. You know what I mean? Just like if you want it, you have to go and get it. Yeah, and every person I know in comedy, similar to what you said, John, is just doing all the things mm-hmm. just to hope that one of them kind of pans out. Like everyone has a pilot going, mm-hmm. everyone has a sketch show and a podcast, and they're writing satire mm-hmm. and they're doing whatever, just in the hopes that one of them is going to be the thing that gets you, like propels you. Yeah, you can't be forward. you can't be a purist anymore. Yeah, you have to do it all. 
And, and that although, was, see, oh wait, go ahead, Julia. I, although I will say I was kind of like that for a long, I mean, I've done improv for six years and it really wasn't until two years ago where I was like, oh, I guess like I'll do sketch. And then this past year I was like, I guess I'm being forced to do humor and satire now. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I still can't see myself doing standup. I, I've done it like once and I was like, I don't know if this, this is it for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first time I saw Julia. Uh, Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good night. It was it was at one of the open mics I was running. It was great. I, I think your dad called to, in the middle of your set. Yeah, I hate to think about that. My first impression with my almost two year long boyfriend now is him seeing me at an open mic. How embarrassing! <laughs> Get a new story. Yeah. Like pretend you met a hey, different. It's fine. I used to skate to her improv shows because I was friends with. Um, Sammy Garcia, who, yeah, they were on the improv team together and I would skate to the shows. So what's more embarrassing, you know, a kind of a crap night at an open mic or the guy that skates around campus. I think it's pretty, skaters are gross. They might be kind of even, they might be on the same level. (laughs) (laughs) They're that juxtaposing thing of uh, everyone on Twitter was doing that meme of like this boyfriend and that girlfriend or whatever of like... (laughs) boyfriend who doesn't have a bed frame and girlfriend who has like you know whatever a whole like i don't know i can't even think of the end to that joke (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah one of those organizers in your closet where all your shirts are folded perfectly and then the boyfriend has like an empty gatorade bottle next to his bed and no bed frame. yeah that's julia and i to a t like i said i'm Uh. surfing i don't even we don't live together but i'm on her couch I almost ended up like you, John. I went to my parents' house the weekend before the lockdown in New York happened, mm. and I came back on like the Tuesday because I stayed on Monday because I was like, I'm I'm unemployed. I can do whatever. <laughs> and and then like that Friday, so like my dad and I were in New York on that Tuesday. And then on Friday they were like, shut it down, right. and I was like, oh, I got this close to being stuck in my parents' right. house for a very long oh. time. <laughs> again it's me the the business owner i don't think i ever told you my name it's michelle hi i got a business coach recently uh since releasing my last ad and she says i need to be more assertive um so uh i want to do that now and be very honest about where i am at in in my journey of becoming a a business um um bitch uh yeah so I've bought the ad time, hired the business coach, uh, launched the website with a 10-year web hosting plan. The business cards will be arriving any day now. And I've rented out a ski lodge for a company retreat in Lake Tahoe. I've never been skiing, and I hope everyone I'll eventually hire likes skiing, too. I think it'll be a really good time, and we'll be able to bond. It'll be really great work culture. Um, I've just submitted the paperwork for my business license for uh, TBD Inc. Uh, this is... This is me manifesting my dream business. Th- that's how it works, right? I still don't know what I'm going to sell, but um, I'm excited to announce our brick and mortar store is opening next week. Uh, come visit me and, and give me advice. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
tell me about the Lunar Times. Like when, how long ago did you start it? I mean, you sort of talked about how the idea came to be, but John, if you want to like delve into that a little more about, you know, what the inspo was behind it and why you started it. Yeah, I was just, um, I don't know. I was just kind of like thinking, I think I might've been submitting headlines or something at that time. Um, really, I have, so I'm, I don't know, where do we begin? Sorry. So I'm, <laughs> So I'm mixed. So I'm, I'm half white and I'm half Chinese. So I've always kind of had like identity issues with, you know, not being Chinese enough and, and then not being white enough. Not that like I really want to choose one <laughs> over the other. So I don't know, this time being locked up has been uh, very reflective. And I think it was a moment of reflection when I was thinking about being like an Asian American. And I was like, hey, there really isn't a space for Asian American I mean, there's just not a lot of representation of Asian Americans and entertainment in general, comedy especially. Um, and I thought that in the satirical world, it's kind of devoid of an Asian American uh, outlet. And that's how this popped up in my head. And we did some research. We looked around to see if anyone else was doing something like this. And I don't think they are. <laughs> I really, I want to say with full confidence that we're the first Asian American satire site. But, uh, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm leaning more towards <laughs> being confident about it. If so they if, are out there own it. and they haven't made themselves known yet, that's their fault. <laughs> yeah, we're coming for you. They're doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take the title until someone else tells yeah. you it's not your, yeah, 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 yeah. own it. Um, but yeah, it was just something I was thinking about. I was like, hey, like there really isn't like a space for Asian American writers to, to write humor writing, do satirical writing. And the thing is, is like, there's so much history of Asian, for Asian Americans and it, and it's a sad history and it's erased a lot. And if we can take some of that and poke fun at it, at it, and then as like a community, we can all come together and laugh about our experiences, even though they're not all the same. I, I think that's super important and it's something that we should um, focus on. And, you know, when I mentioned it to Julia, it was, literally like a Twitter draft. <laughs> I mentioned it to her and she was like, no, that would be really cool. And then like a couple weeks later, I think she was already like building a website. I was like, I thought we were just going to, I thought I was just going to tweet it and see if people liked it. But <laughs> uh, Julia really just like knocked it out of the park and was like, Hey, like we can get this name together. We can, here's the process for like trademarking. Um, here's how we can recruit people. We can set up a Slack uh, she's like, we have WordPress, WordPress, I'm learning how to use it. And then she just built the website and it was really amazing. Like I, you know, I was just kind of around, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Julie really knocked it out of the park. As well <laughs> so basically what John's saying is that I did SGA in high school. So I have really good organizational <laughs> leadership skills from that. Yeah. And I um, went to community college. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can't, tell i also went to business school so i am just really i don't even know how to explain it somebody who is like really gung-ho but then at the same time like uh in my own world and like i'm not very good at delegating <laughs> so um a lot of yeah uh it i'm so type a that like i had to take control and i was like i i'm just gonna do it because i think i can figure it out um, which I did. And John was super helpful because he was the one that like knew a lot of the other comics, like other Asian comics on Twitter. He was like way more in the like people sphere than I was. And so 
um, what kind of came to, I was kind of more of like the spreadsheets person. Whereas like John was, I think definitely more of like trying to like, uh, gather the people. Um, and, uh, I think, so it was December 1st, 2020 when we launched, but we had started gathering people, uh, around what's the month that comes before October, September, September. And then October <laughs> was when we started writing, um and then when we started that we were doing uh, meetings twice a week thursday nights and sundays and um it was kind of a workshop style people would bring headlines people would bring articles we would read them give feedback all of this stuff and then um once we had a good stockpile and we launched december 1st um that's when we were we, we post i think at least at a minimum five times a week sunday through thursday um and now this the, the formality of it is we don't have meetings we just have email submissions but because we are trying to build a community of asian american comics and and i say it like i, I want to use the word comics loosely because like we also invite asian american writers maybe people who haven't even dabbled in comedy before like whenever we do a general call out for submissions it's always just like if you are interested in doing this and like you know how to read and write and you have a good attitude and and you have a good sense of humor we want you to be here and like share your story and your experience with us and um you know even if you're not a great writer like we have uh we so it's me and john and our our, our good friend andal who is um the other editor and we have also grant yang who is our uh, editorial writer and um we have a great team of like immediate writers i would love to give you feedback and then we would we also have our slack where we have pitches in there as well and we bounce ideas off of each other um so you know i'll hop on the phone with people to like go through drafts and revisions if we need to you know we, we want to be here to support people and let them share their story um and so yeah that's that's kind of uh where we started back in december and where we are now i think um it's still eh, i actually just talked to ryan like over the weekend um the editor at off mag which is why he's like so fresh in my brain but um he gave me a lot of this really great advice about you know running this satire site which is just that like slow and steady is going to win the race like the onion took forever to get to where they are now. Like, I don't think that we're going to explode overnight. Obviously, if we get a viral tweet, I will be ecstatic about it. Mm -hmm. But, um, <laughs> you know, right now, uh, the goal is just to, like, gather our writers, make sure we have a steady flow of content, um, and, you know, make sure everyone's happy with the voice and what, what we're putting out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to know. Well, it's cool to know that Slack is the universal tool of editors everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's how we do all of our we have a channel where we just kind of talk generally about the website. Uh we're like, hey, has anyone checked the email? Did anyone see this? And then we have a channel that's just for voting on pieces mm -hmm. and how and deciding things. But uh it's also cool to know you guys do what we do similarly or you all do uh which is that you offer lots of feedback and commentary one thing we were feeling very frustrated with as sort of new satire writers was kind of the lack of understanding why something did or didn't get yeah, picked absolutely. it felt very kind of random uh and there's very few sites that uh explicitly say like or will even give you a line yeah. of hey this part didn't work for us or you know this topic has been covered a lot right. or something like that so we make a big effort in whether we outright reject a piece or whether we uh, take the time. So one thing we do is first off, we take on a lot of people to say, hey, we like your piece, but we think it could just use another round of drafts. Mm -hmm. You know, let's work together. But even if we outright reject a piece, we try to give everyone 
uh, a little piece of feedback yeah. to say, you know, why we passed on. So it's cool to know that you all do that yeah. as well. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing for me. I was also feeling very frustrated about like sending in headline setting submissions and also just like job applications. You know what I mean? Like you oh just God, don't even yeah. get to hear back why, like they don't want you, which is like, fine. I get it. There's like a huge volume, but like a sentence of just being like, this did not land with me is helpful. And so we, whenever we like outright reject anything, we are always specific in like, oh, you know, this has been covered before, like whatever it is. Um, and, and then whenever people push back and they're like, Hey, you know, like, I actually think that I, I like, I kindly disagree. Like, can we try another version, try another draft? In which case we're always like, yes, of course. Like if you want to give another angle, like, please do. Um, it's we're we're trying to decentralize and become a bit more collaborative but it's very hard because at the beginning when it was just me and john it was a lot of work and we kind of had to take it into like an authoritarian type of way because it was like that's the only way we're gonna get like get shit done yeah so now it's like this we're trying to like move a bit more out of that now that we do have more of an established editorial team and we do have a better idea of like who our regular contributors are um but I will say uh, hard times, actually, they do a Facebook group, which is really interesting. And people just like post in there. And then if you get like six likes, then it goes to the editor's meeting. If it gets like 15, you're like guaranteed feedback. It's so interesting. I don't really like Facebook that much. But um, yeah, I, I like the way that it's so transparent. I am in that Facebook group. And I don't love Facebook either. But it is kind of crazy to just, yeah, put it as either a status in the group or as a comment, because they'll call and say, hey, we really want headlines about, yeah. you know, a specific thing or this news story that's going on, like pitch us on this. And it is kind of crazy to just put it out there and be like, is anyone going to like yeah. it? Let's find out. It's kind I of don't scary, know. honestly. And I'm so bad at those call out posts when they ask for like timely stuff. I'm so bad. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to just like post a bunch of stuff in there. I think the last time I actually commented on one of those, it was like for like a Beatles thing. And I like know a bunch <laughs> of random stuff about the Beatles. And um, so did everyone else. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You kind of have to like just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks there. Absolutely. You have to just be like, I'm going to try everything and see if anything gets any traction. Yeah. Yeah. So did you all say you have people pitch in your Slack group? Is it all it's writers and the editors? Like what is your submission process? Uh, we take open submissions via email to anyone that's not in the Slack. So anyone that's in the Slack has already previously published something on the website. Uh, we have a pitches uh, Slack channel, and that is just kind of like for stuff that's either work in progress or if it's timely stuff. Um, and usually like people will comment on there. So that includes editors, contributors, and staff writers. Staff writers are the ones that regularly write stuff for us like every week. And then we have contributors that are kind of like ad hoc. Um, and usually people will comment like a, like kind of a, a, a different angle or like a punch up. And then usually from there, if an editor, if at least two of the three editors, so out of uh, me, John and Andal like them, then we'll be like, Hey, can you send us, you know, something by 6 PM email it to us. Um, but for weekly submissions that aren't necessarily timely, um, and also some people just prefer email over Slack. Um, we always, uh, take submissions via email. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. We are email and we have people because we operate on medium, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to WordPress. And so we have people send us an unpublished medium draft mm -hmm. and that way we can look at it mm -hmm. on the platform, preview it. Uh, and that's a good way to leave comments too. Like you can leave private comments that only that person mm -hmm. can see. Um, and we take those via email. 
Uh, and we do a fair amount of timely work as well. And we've gone so far as to we'll be like live chatting in the group uh, and be like, hey, did everyone read this? Is this cool? Is this cool? And then have the person, you know, like send it to us or add them as a writer. And then it's up. I want to say like within an hour, we've done them like pretty fast mm. for for time with things. And that's one way that we've tried to um, like build an audience or get like organic views as well as being like, hey, we know this thing is happening. And this per because this person just sent it to us, we know the other sites are publishing about it too. Right. So like, let's kind of you know get in on it, and then maybe people will want to read the rest of our site. Hopefully, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, I will say turning timely stuff around is like pretty tough for us, mostly because like um, like if I'm like at work, even if like work is slow, I just never think to like check the lunar times. Um, email and uh and then we also do our like little graphics like on canva so every time there's like a new headline like on su like sundays like me and john kind of dread sundays because that's our like website work day <laughs> oh and, it's a whole um, work it's another work day yeah it's like a couple hours that we know we have to like spend doing yeah. it, which is and it's good and it's like fun but also like work is work so <laughs> it kind of sucks yeah. sometimes we've gotten um, faster though i would say we've got we have our sundays used to be like eight hours for starting out yeah. but now they're like two or three so yeah bad. one of the lunar times pieces that i really like was um disappointed mom hangs son's illustrations inside refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> ken tara ward wrote that um yeah that is a very funny one uh was that like a slack conversation or did he email you guys i'm pretty sure he that emailed that one yes ken emailed us um ken was one of those random people that just like found us somehow and sent us an email which i love i'm always like we're out there somewhere and he saw us so it's, whatever <laughs> we're doing is working <laughs> it's happening um yeah and i think ken writes a lot of stuff on his own and self-publishes a lot of his own stuff and also uh, i know ken is also a hard times contributor um because i was in the facebook group and i saw his name <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, yeah, Ken sent us like, I think five. Um, and then like two of them were really awesome. One being that one. Um, and yeah, his draft of it was honestly hilarious. I think we very tweaked very little of it. Um, yeah, great, great, funny guy for sure. Great writer. Nice. Well, as we sort of wrap up here, every episode we ask someone for a, a tip, a tangible tip about writing satire so what's one tip about writing satire that you all can leave us with i guess this could be a good tip for like writers that are trying to improve themselves which is just to be like always open to feedback and um try to read a lot because good writers read a lot what's your tip john very surprised by how often i'll, I'll get uh like hit a wall if that makes sense like creatively i didn't think it, it happened so often, but it really does. And uh, <laughs> I think one of the best things that I saw on Twitter, like a tip about writing was like, go out and like live your life. Like this whole stigma of like writing every day to become a better writer is unrealistic. Like if you want your creative ideas to flow out into your writing, you have to go out and live a life <laughs> in order for it to form, to form into writing. So, um, I think that's really important and something I want to try and do more moving forward. <laughs> it's a little Go hard. Outside. Yeah, literally. It's just a matter of going outside, but 
it's crazy since the pandemic happened. I don't walk more than like 500 steps a day. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's important. And I think another thing that's important is like just reading some pieces on the website that you're submitting to before you submit your piece. Like, I think that's huge. Like for that, I would just be like, oh, they'll take it. They'll take it. <laughs> just not read anything, which was huge mistake so also read the submission guidelines all the way through because we have things in our yeah. submission guidelines where we're like we don't take this and we still get submissions for that exact kind of thing and we're like it's it's right there it says we don't take this format of right. writing just read the guidelines all the way through uh well thank you so much for your time julia and john thank, thank you, you. So for having us yeah thank you for coming thank you for everyone to everyone for tuning into this podcast when you could have been watching the Snyder Cut instead. Uh, that's it for today. Be sure to tune in next Monday for a new interview with another fabulous guest. Until then, be sure to check out Greener Pastures on Medium and the Lunar Times. Ooh.